You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth and Brenthurst Wealth has been voted South Africa's top boutique wealth manager 2023 after many years of that vote as well. With me is Johan Berger, and Johan kindly sent me the topic of buying versus renting of property. This is a fascinating story because it sort of changes between country to country. Now, just before you launch into your analysis, I want to give you an example. My son has recently joined me in in the Netherlands. Not joined me, but has come to the Netherlands with his fiancée to live and work. And he finds that it is probably two or three hundred euros a month more to rent than it is to buy a similar property. I don't know if the same situation prevails in South Africa. No, it's totally different. There's a massive big difference in terms of, I call it the participation cost that that you contribute. So for example, and we can use actually any example. So let's say you buy a property of two million. When you basically let's say, buy the property, and we'll go into the additional cost when buying a property. Let's say you don't put anything down, that monthly payment will be roughly 20000 Let's add a, a pure 10% if you do easy calculations. Versus, let's say, for example, you rent, that participation will be below 60% in, in most scenarios. And, and once again, that depends on the area, when the country, in a security estate or not. But once again, that is a lot, lot cheaper in terms of cash flow, monthly payments that you have to incur um, if you compare the two. Um, And yes, I do understand big difference overseas or let's say from a global point of view to if, for example, if you compare that to what's happening currently in South Africa. Yes, let's do this methodically now. Let's look at the renting side of things, first of all, and the positives. You talk about flexibility. You talk about lower upfront costs and also maintenance responsibility. Maybe go through those three points that you've made. Yeah, in terms of flexibility, I mean, the one aspect in life, people people tend to move around. Things change, either from a, from a let's say, employment point of view, uh, maybe their kids are moving to a different province in terms of maybe university-wise, or maybe they just want to go and scale down and live in a different province. So currently what's happening in certain areas in South Africa, it is extremely difficult to sell your property. So yes. the turnaround time, um, and once again, it depends on the type of property and obviously the price of the property, but in many cases, currently with high interest rates, it can take up to a year, if not longer, to sell your property. And yes, a lot of estate agents will tell you, no, we will we will turn around quickly. But in reality, that is not the case. So if you want to either, let's say, book your kids into a new school, go to a new province, whatever the case might be, it is not so easy to do it. You're stuck with that property um, as it takes a lot of time to do it. In terms of maintenance, um, obviously things do go wrong with a property. Um, You have to maintain it and you have to incur those costs on a regular basis. Um, By buying property in the first place, um, it is is quite quite costly in terms of transfer fees. Once again, there's a, a sliding scale in terms of 
what the value of the property is. But that could be quite a lot. Um, attorneys that you have to pay, all of that. Um, and the bad thing about that, those additional costs is a simple cash outflow. That's not equity. It's almost like a normal tax you have to pay. Um, and in a way, you will never see that money again. Okay, let's look at the negatives now. I mean, I'm a serial renter. And the one thing that really um, sort of hangs over me, worries me, is that the person that owns the house is going to sell the house and then I have to get out just as I'm getting used to the place. You know, so that that's one thing. But what are your negatives on the renting side? Well, obviously, I mean, sometimes let's say you're in a, in a position in a certain area um, you actually made friends with your neighbors, your kids are happy in school, and all of a sudden the the owner of the property indicates, listen, I either have to sell the property based on financial scenarios or uh, maybe um, he needs the cash flow or whatever the case might be, then you might be in a position to say all of a sudden I have to go through that whole process again, finding a new property and on a family, it could be quite disturbing if you have to move quite a bit. Yes, exactly. And there's no equity involved, of course, because you're renting, you're paying someone uh, to pay their bond or mortgage if they, if they have one, and you're not building up any um, capital there. Yes, absolutely. This is, this in a way, is a point I wanted to make at the end, but I think it, it's quite important to, to state this to the listeners. I think the most important thing or one of the most important things when, when renting, people are trying to, let's say, let's say, for example, you want to buy a two million or let's say a five million rent house. I'm just giving you an example, yes. all the, the value. And let's say you're paying for that five million. I, I used the example, the participation, let's say a 60%. So the value of that property or let's say the bond payment will be roughly 50,000. And then in rental terms, it will be roughly 30,000. Um, the key aspect is let's say you decide to rent and you in a financial position to pay the 50,000. Um, and then all of a sudden you say, no, I don't want to do all the maintenance. I want the flexibility. I would rather opt for the 30,000 rand rent. Pay the 30,000 rand rent. And the key aspect to build additional equity, because as a tenant, you're not going to build up equity. The key aspect is what are you going to do with the 20,000? The problem with a lot of people is they rent, they maximize their cash flow in terms of rent, and then they don't save and they don't build equity. So my advice to people who do decide to rent, scale down slightly, but make sure additional disposable income you put away, and by that you have all the flexibility in the world. And at the same time, you have liquid capital available. And in a way, you're also building up equity in that way. Okay, let's move to buying now. You see a lovely house. You fall in love with it. And it's, it's your dream home. You, first of all, you have to buy it. And that needs a down payment and also needs your, presumably, most people would need uh, a bond in order to finance the transaction, which is probably the biggest transaction of your life, Johan. Let's, let's face it, buying a house is an enormous commitment financially. But there are positives, and it, it, it's your house. You can do what you like with it. 
Absolutely, there are definitely positives. I think one of the decisions, and, and you are 100% correct, it is one of the biggest decisions you have to make is to say, well, if you do buy a property, make sure you're going to stay there long term. Um, and I'm easy to talk. Um, that is a, a mistake I've made in my life, to, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, um, you pay a lot of fees and, and things do change. You move around. Um, and then all of a sudden you sell the property, you haven't made up the equity in terms of growth. Um, and that is a, a key aspect currently in the property market in South Africa. So I know in the early 2000s when we had a property boom, um, valuations just went up and up and up and you made a lot of money. Um, totally different now. But the key positives, if you decide to stay there long term, um, it provides stability. As the owner of the property, um, you can make changes. If you want to take out a wall or if you want to put something, you can make it as homey as you like, which is not always very possible as a tenant in a particular property if you're just renting a property. So without a doubt, there are um, positives. Um, the other positive is it actually forces you to invest in something. So, for example, I use the example where you pay 30000 for example, rent, a bond will cost you 50000 In this particular example, let's say you we use the same values. Now you pay a bond of 50000 All of a sudden, you are paying off debt and basically building up equity. Um, but once again, the property growth currently in certain areas in the market are not keeping up with inflation. And that is a big worry currently in South Africa. Well, I, I know that there's a vast difference, and this is a generalization, of course, but there's a vast difference between Johannesburg and Cape Town when it comes to property. Migration into Cape Town from Johannesburg and other areas of South Africa means that prices have been pushed up and remain high. I hear horror stories about people trying to sell their properties in Johannesburg in order to move, for example, and they just can't do it. They've been on the market for a couple of years and the price consistently comes down. So there's geographical differences, obviously. But what other negatives are there when it comes to the buying? Well, well, basically, um, people, I always say to people, I mean, we, we're talking about property now, and that's not a major part of what we de do on a, on a daily basis. But mm. when, you, when you buy a primary residence, there's this belief it's an investment. It's not an investment. It's just basically somewhere to stay and to live. Mm. Um, because if, you, if you're going to sell it, Basically, what you're going to do is you're going to replace it with something else and you're going to live in that new place. So in my opinion, a primary residence is not an investment. And there's a total or big difference if you're buying property to rent it out versus a property where you're actually going to stay and live in. So it's very, very important to distinguish between the two. Um, so, yeah, it is currently very difficult. A lot of people in Gauteng, Johannesburg, Pretoria area in South Africa are moving down and to the West Coast, whether it's Cape Town, um, George, Nice, now Plate, all those areas, um, which will probably create uh, problems going forward in the Western Cape in terms of population-wise, roads, um, infrastructure, 
Um, and that's probably something that we will talk about in a, in a couple of years' time. Yeah, exactly. There's also interest rates. I mean, you're at the mercy of the macroeconomic environment because interest rates recently have been going up globally and in South Africa. So if you've got a floating rate um, bond or a fixed one, it obviously affects things. But um, it is. It, I mean, one day you can say, right, I'm paying, um, I'm fi- paying 50000 a month, uh, in your example. And suddenly, um, you know, a year later, you're paying 60000 because of the rise in interest rates. Yeah, just to, Lindsay, just to keep, and this is reality. This is not just something I'm making up. If, mm. if we, if we take the scenario since, um, and obviously interest rates based on inflation was a global event, but let's talk about South Africa. Since they started hiking interest rates, let's use a two million rand bond, for example. Yes. Um, I mean, we had COVID. Um, everybody's experiencing financial difficulty. So on a 2 million rand bond in this period, your bond payment increased by over 6,000 rand. And this is just on a 2 million rand bond payment. So you can just imagine when a bond payment is higher or the value of the property is a little bit higher. So yeah, interest rates do play a vital role. And I think also that's the reason why selling your property in this environment um, will be quite difficult because everybody's already on that baseline where they don't have a lot of disposable income to play around with. Okay, so we've got renting negatives and positives and buying negatives and positives as well. Now, when you sit down with a client, you said that this is not an investment. Your primary residence is not an investment. This is just somewhere to live, which is slightly cynical, but I understand exactly what you're talking about. But do you take the property and say, this is part of your portfolio? Or would you just uh, shunt it aside and the portfolio that you construct at Brentos Wealth is something completely different? I think one would handle that on a case-by-case scenario. And I'll give you an example. Um, sometimes you will sit with a client that have um, a wide variety of assets, including property, investments, whether pension funds, liquidity, all of that, offshore money. Um, and then then you don't really talk about the property scenario. And the reason is they're happy, they have additional funds to, to help them with their current standard of living. Then you will talk to a different client where, for example, they do have a property, um, they have a pension, it's not major, the problem with that pension is um, basing on, or let's say with inflation, the income level that they can take don't provide enough that they are used to. And with inflation, they're not keeping up with inflation with that particular investment. Also, they don't have any liquidity for any emergencies, medical emergencies, etc. In a scenario like that, you will then provide the option to say, maybe you must try and sell your property. It's not ideal. You will basically don't have the freedom of your own property, make changes, the stability and all of that. But at least you will have liquidity. And at least then you have additional capital on a monthly basis to use on necessities that you didn't have because a property, yes, you have the value, but try and sell it and convert it to cash, let's say in 24 days or 24 hours, it's pretty much impossible. Yes. Um, so it all depends on the scenario of the particular client. 
Okay, final question, and this uh, may seem intensely personal, but you said you'd made mistakes before, or made a mistake before. Are you at present an owner or a renter? I'm basically, to be quite honest, I'm currently an owner, um, and I'm the type of you, if you take my personality, I would like to make changes. I want to make the bright area the way I want it. I want it to make the kitchen the way I want it. And obviously, all those things incur cost. Um, and and you're not really going to get the money back based on, on valuations. Um, in terms of flexibility, renters, for example, um, just open a, a, a a branch in George, for example. Yes. So for me to move from Gauteng to George in a heartbeat will be quite difficult before I'm selling my property. So um, I can't make decisions to put my kids into schools um, based on my property because of the liquidity aspect. So yes, if I had the decision, let's say at a younger age, to at a younger age to rather rent and see where you're going to end up, I think that will be the wiser choice for a lot of people. Um, but it all depends on the type and where you're at in, in your life cycle. Um, but yeah, in a way, I do regret the fact that I did buy property You mentioned <laughs> this particular moment. <laughs> you mentioned a, a bright area and a kitchen, so obviously you're a bit of a foodie, uh, Johan. And I forgot one question. What about overseas investments? I mean, if you've been um, able to and judicious enough to send uh, your, you know, your allowance out every year according to South African Reserve Bank regulations, you might be tempted to buy a property in London or something and to rent it out as an Airbnb or just to keep it as a bolt hole when you go over on business or something like that. Is that a viable prospect for South Africans? Absolutely. I mean, you're mentioning London, for example, which is, well, it's not far, but I mean, it's it's an eight, nine hour flight from from South Africa. So, but yes, it's it's still fairly, fairly close. And that is... um, something to consider um at branches for example and i'm not just marketing this and and i will explain the reasons why we say this um we do prefer property in mauritius for example um based on various factors one you buy property in dollar terms so if you take the whole scenario in south africa in terms of political uncertainty economic uncertainty, the rand is weakening, we have load shedding. There are various factors that have a massive impact on our currency. So if you buy property, for example, in Mauritius or property in London in pound terms, you in a way protecting yourself by the, let's say, the rand that that will devalue over time. So that's the one aspect. If you take an example, for example, a property in Mauritius, Mauritius as an island, there's just so much space you can you can build property or build a particular house. Um, and eventually over time, it will become a supply and demand factor. So you have two aspects there. You have the growth in the property and the protection of the rent. Um, and then lastly, for South Africans, it's a four-hour flight to, to Mauritius, only two-hour difference in, in time zones. Um, a lot of people can travel back and forth, which means from a rental point of view, 
that's also a very good additional income that you can receive by investing in property in Mauritius. So um, there are a lot of factors to consider. Um, but yeah, for South Africans, um, to protect yourself against this currency is a, is a major issue at this point in time. Johan, thank you very much for your insight. It was a really great chat. Uh, Johan Berger is from Brenthurst Wealth. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company.